0: Hello and welcome to Read Under the Covers, a podcast aimed at seven to ten-year-olds. Join me as we read some of my favourite books. Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of uh, of read under the covers and today we're reading chapter eight and nine of windy days ahead so if you haven't listened to episode one two and three go back and do that um, or listen from now um but you'll have missed some of the story uh so in the the last episode Uh, Rose was speaking to Evelyn, the echidnas from Australia who live on Hampstead Heath and finding out if they knew where uh, Agatha was, the westerly wind. And they've sent her off to the Wibbly Wobbly Tree. So let's find out what happens. Chapter 8. The Wibbly Wobbly Tree. Aggie. "'Aggie, are you here?' whispered Rose as she approached the wibbly-wobbly tree. The wind had died down and the night was almost still. The leaves rustled quietly in the trees. It felt eerily silent. Goosebumps appeared on Rose's arms. It felt like the night was starting to close in. The battery on her phone decided at that moment to die, leaving Rose in total darkness. Her eyes took a moment to adjust and she cursed inwardly, wishing she had the power to spell a light. But creating light was one of the spells that required at least the ability of a mediocre witch. Aggie, the leaves rustles louder. Rose moved closer to the wibbly wobbly tree. Its eight arms dance and stretch like a ballet dancer. When Rose reached the tree, she bowed her head. Although the wibbly-wobbly tree wasn't one of the royal trees, it was important to still show her respect. The trees were a strange bunch of magical beings. They communicated in ways that no one, not even the witch's council, understood. And they held a grudge forever. The branch closest to the ground shook and vibrated, making Rose smile. It looked like the tree was waving to her. You don't know what where Agatha the Wesley wind is at the moment. The wibbly wobbly tree shook and shuddered, vibrating. All of the other t- trees surrounding Rose started shuddering and shaking. Rose frowned. She'd never see them act this way. If she didn't know any better, she'd have thought they were scared. A voice beckoned her in the darkness. Is that you, Rose, the witch of Kensal Rise? Rose swung round. She squinted, trying to see into the darkness and make out the figure that was approaching her. Leaning back, she placed her hand on the wibbly-wobbly tree, trying to calm its shuddering. As the figure got closer, Rose sighed with relief when she recognised who it was. Jack Frost, another elemental. Jack wasn't a snowman, as he had been painted in movies. He was the elemental that left frost, a light layer of ice on the ground when the weather started to turn cold. He was important, as were all the elementals, but his powers never thought of as special. Yes, it's me. Ah, good, good. It's wonderful to see you. Are you looking for Agatha? Rose nodded, glad the elementals could see in the dark. I was looking for her as well. Jack's words made Rose shudder. She wasn't sure why, but it sent shivers down her spine. Jack moved alarmingly close to Rose. She could see the white of his eyes and his limp black hair. Fine beads of sweat had formed at the edges of his hairline. His breath smelled like rotten cabbage as he leaned towards her. Have you seen her? He spoke urgently. Rose held her breath and grimaced. She wanted to take a huge step to move away from him and the smell. Whether it was his presence or breath that made her body shiver uncontrollably, she wasn't sure. Either way, the thought of being somewhere else was undeniably strong. Instead, she smiled sweetly. After all, she was the Witch of Kendal Rise. No matter how scared she was, she wouldn't let him know. You know Agatha, she will only be found when she wants to be. Jack's eyes narrowed as he studied Rose. She held his gaze, mentally daring him to look away. After a moment or so, he turned his million-watt smile on. True, true. He reached out to pat her hand. You'll tell her that I'm looking for her, won't you? Rose nodded her head. I will. I think these old bones are going home, though. They don't like the cold weather. Ah, of course, the curse of humanity. Nodding his head, Jack turned and walked away without so much as a farewell. Rose waited a good five minutes before she moved. When she did, she let out a long breath and leaned her back against the closest tree. She could feel its breath, vibrating and sending warmth and love to her she whispered to the night where are you aggie what have you gotten yourself involved in she shivered feeling the fingers of the wind on her cheek rose pushed her body away from the tree not sure what to do next she pulled out her mobile phone why don't they make the battery longer in this thing The wind started to whip wildly around Rose's feet, swirling like a tornado of leaves and dirt. Branches tapped against her head. Rose whispered into the night, her voice croaking, making her sound like a strangled toad. Aggie, is that you? Not expecting an answer, Rose jumped when she heard Agatha's voice close to her right ear. Take care. Whipping her head around, Rose squinted into the darkness. There was nothing but empty shadows. She twirled around like a dog chasing its tail, searching for any sign of Agatha, silently cursing the elementals for their ability to become ghost-like. What's going on, Aggie? Rose's concern was starting to rise. Agatha's voice became distant, floating on the air towards Rose as she answered, Meet me at the women's pond. Fear grabbed hold of Rose, making her mouth go dry and her somersaulting stomach turn into a team of gymnasts. Tell no one? What on earth was going on? Looking up at the wibbly-wobbly tree, Rose pondered whether she should contact the witch's council. They weren't her favourite people in the world, but they might be able to help Agatha better than she could. The wibbly-wobbly tree's leaves vibrated and shook. That's a no then, Rose said out loud, feeling comforted by the sound of her own voice on this rather strange night. Rose sighed and picked up her bag, not having realised that she had dropped it earlier. Out loud, she said, trying to sound more confident than she felt, if Aggie needs my help, then I'll do what I can. Rose shuffled forward. The darkness seemed to have descended, hanging heavily over the heath. It felt like someone had thrown a blanket over the area. She struggled to see any further than two steps in front. Groaning, she shuffled another foot forward. This is going to take a while. The women's ponds was a long walk in the daytime, let alone at night. A small, bright white light the size of a tennis ball pulsed like a feathery heartbeat in front of Rose. She bowed her head, letting her chin drop to her chest. Goosebumps dotted across her arms, and a lightness filled her chests. "'Will, light your way,' a chorus of voices sang. "'Thank you. It's an honour, your majesty,' Rose wanted to curtsy. Before her was the Queen of the Willow of the Wisps, a magical creature, one of the sprites cousin to the fairies and elves. Humans often took Willow of the Wisps for fireflies.' the same Queen that had guided Harry home when he was a child. This is the first time that anyone had seen her in many years and the Queen was offering to light her way. What was going on? The Queen weaved and waved her way on the air across the heath. Rose followed closely behind. It took 20 minutes to walk across the knobbly landscape to reach the women's ponds. When they arrived, Rose bowed her head. Thank you, Your Majesty, Rose said as the Queen hovered over the gate into the women's ponds. The Queen bobbed up and down and zipped close to Rose's ear. Help us, Witch of Kensal Rise, help us. The Queen disappeared before Rose had a chance to ask her what she meant, taking her light with her. Oh, exciting. I wonder what's going to happen next. Um, I am very intrigued. So, chapter nine, The Women's Pond. This part of Hampstead Heaps was especially dark as Rose stepped through the gate and onto the path. She didn't dare whisper Agatha's name. Instead, she kept walking. Rose, over here, waved Agatha, her face peeking around the first building. Her golden coffered coloured skin glowed in the moonlight, making her look like an Indian goddess. Rose had often wondered if Agatha and her sisters had ever been worshipped as goddesses in their long life. Aggie, what's going on? And why all the secrecy? And why is Jack Frost looking for you? Agatha leaned forward and whispered, I can't control my powers. Why haven't you contacted the Witches' Council? Surely they can help. Agatha laughed, a tinkling sound that reminded Rose of reindeer bells at Christmas. The Witches' Council knows nothing about wild places and our magic. Agatha's laughter stopped. Leaves swirled around her feet. Rose's coat started to flap wildly. Agatha had turned a strange colour. She looked like a ghost. The wind whipped wildly around both of them, howling loudly in their ears. Reaching out to try to grab hold of Rose, she yelled into the wind. Her wind. I can't control it. Rose lurched towards Agatha, trying to grab hold of her, as she started to lift off the ground. Take my hand, she said, reaching towards her. The wind had picked up speed. Rose was finding it hard to move. She was so close to Agatha but couldn't reach her. Her bag vibrated and shook next to her. Now is not the time, she said to the bag. The bag shook even more, almost jumping off the ground. Rose frowned, her brow furrowing deeply. Agatha was now a metre off the ground, rising farther and farther into the sky like a runaway balloon. She was too far away from Rose to reach her. Rose knelt next to her bag, bending her head and covering her eyes from the leaves and small sticks that were flying around her. The bag was still vibrating as she pulled it towards her and opened it. Her hand rumbled and jumbled around inside, trying to find whatever the bag wanted her to. Her hand clasped around a jar. This wasn't a jar that she had ever seen before inside was a dark green slimy substance rose squinted as she tried to read the label the writing had faded and was hard to make out rose uttered a spell Cinerota the world swirled in front of her large and illuminated a voice sounding a lot like her mother sounded loudly in her ears slime from the black swamp good for calming elemental magic use sparingly wash hands immediately after use or risk the awful spell smell never leaving them rose crude unscrewed the lid on the bottle and dipped her fingers in the jar the scent was overwhelming smelling like dog poo that had been sitting in the sun for days She held her breath, scooping up some of the slippery substance, retching as she felt it on the edges of her fingertips. It reminded her of snot. She schooled her thoughts and pulled herself together. Unsure what to do with this strange substance, Rose shrugged her shoulders and threw the substance at Agatha. It landed in the middle of her chest. Nothing happened. Nada. Was she supposed to wipe it onto Agatha's skin? Or was there a spell that she needed to utter? Rose groaned. Had she used enough? The thought of dipping her fingers into the jar again made her feel queasy. Rose looked up. Agatha had turned from grey to her usual pale coffee colour. The wind had slowed and she was slowly descending. Phew! What was that stuff? Agatha asked as her feet touched the ground and the wind died down to a light, steady breeze. She screwed up her nose. It smells horrible. Slime from the black swamp seems that my bag thought that we might need it. How would it know that? Asked Agatha, baffled. Look, I'm not sure. The bag has a mind of its own. I've been trying to work it out for years and haven't been able to uncover its secrets. It seems to be able to anticipate what I need. It could be tuning into the magic in the world somehow, or it could be just that it's smarter than I am, which is likely. Agatha put her fingers to her lips and inclined her head, her ear pointing to the sky. After a moment, she smiled and tiptoed past Rose. A moment later, Rose heard familiar squeaky sounds. Ouch! That hurts! Out of the darkness appeared Agatha. She was holding the back of Percy's jacket as she pushed him into the light. Now, what do we have here? If it had been a cartoon, puffs of anger would have been streaming out of Rosa's ears like thick smoke. Percy Granger Jr., what on earth are you doing here? The tips of Percy's ears turned red as he bowed his head, staring at his black sneakers that he had pulled on as he rushed out of the house to follow Nana Rose. Well, I wonder what's going to happen next. Uh, Agatha, Percy, Agatha not being able to control her magic um, and, and the wind. So see what happens in the next episode of Windy Days Ahead, The Witch of Kensal Rise.